0: Welcome to the 19th ESC Every Soldier
1: Counts podcast.
0: Wherever you find American troops today, you find the men of the Transportation Corps. Enough and on time. That's the story we tell you today. The story of the Army Quartermaster Corps. These youthful servicemen are members of the Army's Military Police Corps. One of the most important forces behind the lines, the Army Ordnance Corps. Welcome to the 19th ESC Every Soldier Counts podcast. Once again, I am Sergeant First Class Adam Ross, Public Affairs NCOIC for 19th Expeditionary Sustainment Command. And joining us today, we have the commander of 25th Transportation Battalion. We have Lieutenant Colonel Jason Book, and we're also joined by Master Sergeant Jason Wright from 25th Trans. Gentlemen, thank you for joining us here.
1: Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you.
0: And if you listen to the podcast, you know, we like to get to know our guests before we really get into the, the heart of these questions. So we'll start with you, sir. So um, what, what brought you into the Army?
1: You know, uh, when I was told we were going to do this, I, and my exo told me I needed to talk about how I joined the Army and why, uh, quite frankly, I don't remember. It's, it's been 26 years, so it's, it's been a minute since. But uh, I do remember worrying about college. I, I do remember worrying about what I was going to do with my life uh, standing in high school um and quite frankly i think it just ended up becoming it was the thing to do uh because i didn't see college right away uh so went joined the army and then uh did college during and and went from there so
0: and i see you're you're wearing you weren't always a logistician sir you weren't in
1: a cib so i've i've had quite a colorful uh past in the army so i actually joined the army in 1995 as a combat engineer um did that for about Seven and a half years. Then uh, decided to commission. Then I was eleven alpha, uh, deployed a couple times, and then uh, now a logistician. Okay, well, I'm
0: glad to have you here. Appreciate Korea. it. And sorry, sorry, right. You are a transporter soldier. Were you, were
2: you always a transporter?
0: Always transporter. <laughs> and what what made you? Were you? Was that one of those things where you kind of had it chosen for you at maps, or did you choose it? Or
2: uh, so, like my recruiter showed me uh, this super cool Call of Duty video, and I thought that's what transporters did uh find out obviously it was otherwise but um i didn't well when i picked it it, it was really off of chance and a bonus that was it uh, but i grew to love the actual MOS. so what what is uh what what made you want
0: to make a career out of it then
2: um uh, to be honest with you my when i deployed um so when i first joined i it was just my mom said i wasn't going to be that guy walking around the house and i needed something to do and um I ran into a recruiter one day um, after soccer practice and uh, the rest is history. But when I deployed in 03, um, my squad leader and my immediate supervisor, uh, just watching how they worked and what they did and the impact that they made in the uh, Iraqi people's lives and stuff, when I came back, that was it for me. I just hmm. I wanted to be an NCO and I wanted to stay in longer. And staying on that topic too, so how, how would you describe your leadership style? Uh situational. Uh, I am uh, very active. I like being hands-on, but definitely situational. I learned as a soldier, you don't jump the 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 gun and um, you know react immediately because it could be a different story. Um, And then you know people go through things, uh, and we all have different lives. Everyone's you could be a specialist and have a full-fledged family and be a staff sergeant, be single, never married. So like. You always have to take into consideration how others, where they come from, what they think, what they do. So I, I have a very situational leadership style.
0: And same same question to you, sir. How would you describe yours?
2: Um, so I guess
1: uh, I would describe it as Reaganomics. So I, I trust but verify. So, you know, at, at, at a battalion commander level, you have some fairly, uh, I don't want to say senior leaders, but you have people who have been around for a minute, so... Um, they kind of have an understanding of what they need to do. So I, I, I trust that they, they understand that job, but I verify by going through and, and back-checking on things. Um, but the other is is um, I like to get involved in where the soldiers are at uh, because, quite frankly, at the soldier levels, where you understand where things are happening, um, and that goes back into the verify thing. So, yeah, it's, that's really what I've seen that's succeeded through, you know, 26 years of watching various leaders at various echelons. Okay, and
0: so you, you're both at 25th Transportation Battalion, which is one of our units at Camp Carroll. Um, what can you tell me about the history of 25th Trans? Like like most units, it didn't start out necessarily in Korea, right?
1: That, correct. So uh, 25th Transportation Battalion actually started in 1944 in, I believe it was Mississippi, right? It was either Mississippi or Alabama. Um, but it was, it was uh, put together to support uh, Europe in World War II. Um, it actually was a... Um, a rail center um, supporting World War II in, uh, uh, in France. Um, that's why we had the castle and the Fleur de Lune uh, on our crest. Um, and then it moved to Korea, and I want to say it was the uh, early 60s, late 50s, early 60s.
0: And I know you you, you like to keep uh, history is important to your battalions. You recently revived a uh, an old unit award that you've been echoing that railroad heritage. What, what can you tell me about that, sir?
1: So uh, we actually uh, brought back the the silver spike, um, and and what that is is in 1962, I believe it was. Um, they decided to start a brotherhood within the battalion for transporters across battalion or people who uh, support the battalion or or do significant things for the battalion uh, just to show appreciation um, and also to remember uh, where the battalion came from. Um, So I want to say 2003 or 2004 was the last awardee prior to uh, Sergeant Major Williams, which is uh, right before his uh, PCS uh, last month. So, um, but before that it had been, uh, early 80s since they did it. So we had a lot of oh. breaks, um, uh, between the awardees. Yeah. And if, if you want to read more about
0: that award and about Sergeant Major Williams, we have a, uh, article about that on our website, army.mil slash 19th ESC. Yeah. Yeah. Sergeant Major Williams was really uh, proud of that. I remember. And it's quite, it's a good looking award too. I mean, it's,
1: it is a literal silver spike. It know. absolutely is. It's heavy mm-hmm. and everything and a chunk of wood block. So it's awesome. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Okay, great. Well, we are going to take a short break, but we'll be right back to talk more about the 25th Transportation Battalion right here on the Every Soldier Counts podcast. Hey, Team 19, this is Brigadier General Stephen Allen. Commanding General for the 19th Expeditionary Sustainment Command. And I'm Command Sergeant Major Chad Peters, your new Command Sergeant Major at the 19th ESC. I want to challenge everyone to make sure your co-workers, friends, and family members are taking proper measures for summer in Korea. Soldiers are used to being told to drink water, but it's just as important for children, spouses, and our civilian teammates. Command Sergeant Major, before I forget, welcome to Team 19. Thank you, sir.
2: As someone who has recently arrived to Korea, I'd like to emphasize how important it is for leaders across the peninsula to engage with their incoming and outgoing soldiers, family members, and civilians to make sure they meet the USFK guidelines for entry and exit. This includes a negative PCR test for COVID-19, no older than 72 hours.
0: I also want to thank everyone in Area 4 who is part of Team 19 and makes Korea the assignment of choice. Team 19.
2: Every Every
0: Soldier soldier Counts. counts. And We're back on the Every Soldier Counts podcast, learning more about the 25th Transportation Battalion. So um, what can you tell me about the structure of it? We have a lot of unique units here in 19th ESC, and I know uh, 25th certainly is no exception to that.
1: Uh, Yeah, so... 25th as a transportation battalion, you know, we, we consist of, uh, teams, not companies. Um, so I don't even have a headquarters company. It's a headquarters detachment. Um, and then I have my, uh, then the, the battalion has the four, uh, teams, which are 21 person teams with, uh, four to five Catooses. Um, and then some KNs that work in there. Generally we sit between 31 and 34 people. Uh, but for green suitors, American, it's 21, um, and it's consisting of a captain. Uh, we don't have a first sergeant. Uh, we have a sergeant first class that serves as a detachment sergeant. So, um, yeah, that's, that's the size of the companies. And at the battalion level, um, we run a normal staff. Uh, but, uh, again, it's still a detachment. It's not a headquarters uh, company that we'd see in normal battalions. And um, the MCT was
0: a new acronym for me when I got here. I had to look that up because I saw that thrown around. So so what can you tell me about kind of how the mission for each MCT, like what they're doing?
1: I'm, I'm going to let Massar talk on that okay. one because he's actually served in an MCT multiple times. Uh,
2: so generally, uh, you know, you, most MCTs run particular nodes. Uh, but the way that they're built, uh, you can s- split in a whole entire MCT um, by each uh, rank and they can, one MCT can take care of uh, you know, theater ops in general. But I know over here we have um, four different MCTs, uh, one in KC, one up in Osan and Humphreys, uh, and then the others are down in um, Carroll with us. Uh, but generally they run uh, land, rail, water, or sea, or I'm sorry, uh, sea or air. Uh, we have up at Osan and Humphreys 138, uh, they are they are in charge of the PE flights. Um, we got the 662 movement control team up at uh, Casey. They're in charge of rail ops. And down south, we got 517th and General 665 uh, that run or help out with the um, sea or the vessels. Uh, but in the States, uh, you would either have them over out uh, on rail or... Uh, helping out the ADAGs, but since they're m- mainly ran by civilians, uh, a lot of MCTs don't get a lot of the on the job training as you would over here in Korea. Um, so that's why I say most MCTs generally get their experience from downrange. And so, being a, a transporter,
0: like how um, unique of a mission is this to be to learn all these different things as a transporter
2: soldier coming over here? I, I think it's awesome. Um, I, I do think a lot of uh, transporters are uh, in 88 November that do come over to um korea whether you have the kn there uh, augmented them or not uh you leave you can leave here with so much more um, understanding and experience and take that back with you which will obviously help out later on in your career
0: so sir what else can you tell me about the 25th mission
1: um so we we talked a little bit about you know some of the nodes something else we do is we uh we manage and uh uh, detail out the uh, common user land transporter cult across the peninsula as well as pro- providing in transit visibility. So for that you think of um, you order a package from Amazon and you see the thing travel across your little computer screen or your phone. Um, we do that in a, in a, in a way through um, our different, uh, um, um, I can't even think of the system, TCMs and their interrogators across the peninsula. So we can tell where that's happening. And then also our combined, uh, mission that we do with the rock we can actually watch it via camera coming across so it's it's actually pretty cool stuff that we get to do here that um as mass said we don't get to do anywhere else in the world generally because of our uh, our relationships with our rock partners
0: so it's almost like you're like air traffic control but for ground transportation almost just seeing everything's coming yeah
1: Kind of. But I mean, if you think about it, uh, we are the inbound and outbound for everything that oh, comes okay. for personnel and equipment on the peninsula. So if you mm-hmm. think about, you know, Master and talked about port operations. So if equipment comes in, um, you know, 517 is tied in with the um, SDDC battalion, 837th. Um, and then they're taking that, putting it on something, moving north. Um, then you have, you know, 665 operating in the 20 OC area down here where they're, they're watching things go through through um, different nodes that we have set up, and they're also providing the insurance of visibility. They're also the link to um, the O C headquarters uh, to some extent. And let's
0: talk about that a little bit more, Certainly You mentioned the Rock earlier, but how how um, how how much in sync are your missions with with the Rock Army here?
1: So. Um, in sync, uh, we provide the U.S. requirements to the ROC approvers because we don't own the highways here. We don't own the movements. We have our own vehicles, but we have to get approval from the ROC to move anywhere. Um, so the MCTs within the battalion are tied right into the uh, ROC movement control battalions. Um, and get those approvals through uh, their different areas because you got the the two OC and the GOC that approves those uh, throughout their area. So um, those requests go in. They coordinate with these Rock MCBs and then they uh, get the movements back to the US units as they want to move.
0: So Sergeant Wright, wh- what's been your experience working with Rock Army while you've been in Korea?
2: Um, so I, I actually really I, I like working with the Rock and the Katusas. Um, the KNs they're some of the most professional people i've ever worked with in my entire career uh talk about subject matter experts i mean some of them have been on the job 20 30 40 plus years so they're like walking bibles when it comes to transportation Uh, but it's kind of um it's good when you're over here but once again it's kind of uh different when you go back to the states because you're so used to that professionalism and that knowledge base not saying that uh, those in the States don't have the knowledge base, but, um, it's been positive uh, across the board for me working with them.
0: Yeah. I think I heard recently that there's a KN in Busan who recently hit her 50 year mark. I mean, it's just so much experience. Yeah. The really, you know, irreplaceable
2: a hundred percent.
1: So we have, uh, we have a KN working in the battalion headquarters at 43 years She'll be at her 44th year here soon. Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean
0: there how many soldiers do we have with that much experience across the army? Not not many. Nah. <laughs> or if if any, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And um so let's shift a little bit, sir. What what can you tell us about the priorities for the battalion outside of the, the those missions
1: you described? So um we generally sit on three priorities. Now I say generally, we have three priorities. Um the first is um uh wow, I'm losing my priorities. Um but we, we do uh our theater support, so in other words, the the different missions that we do to include the in-training. Um, soldiers are are uh, another huge priority to us, and that's, that's supporting the soldiers, and that's um, making sure they have what they need when they need it, and the other is the, the training piece or readiness. So that's both for the soldiers and their their training, but it's also their equipment and, and everything. So we're ready to go when uh, when needed on the peninsula.
0: And with that training piece, you described how it's kind of a smaller um, non traditional battalion. Is that a challenge when it comes to to training?
2: Yes, very much so. Um not not so much with when it comes to uh what we do on a day to day. Um uh, we have a lot of uh, subject matter experts when it comes to that. <clears throat> Excuse me. But when you're talking about where you're tasking battle drills or we just came out of a field exercise, stuff like that, it is very much so uh a challenge. Um the op tempo in twenty fifth is Uh, pretty heavy and fast uh and then on top of all that we're um support so you know getting getting land or taking the time to do stuff like convoy live fire and stuff like that can be very challenging trying to get all of your formation to be able to um get up to par when it comes to that type of training uh while maintaining the same type of uh op tempo that we're doing and maintaining the nodes that we are in charge of uh can be tasking but uh builds character definitely and
0: so, sir, uh, you mentioned that part. Did you list three priorities? Or?
2: Yeah, three priorities.
1: Okay.
0: So, but you also have the move vision.
1: Oh, yes. It. What can you tell me about that, sir? So uh, we we have what well, I what we call the uh, spearhead six tracks of success, and that's that's through move. So um, it it stands for uh, maintain standards and discipline, operations, uh, violence of action, and every soldier counts. So uh, really, what what I my vision for the battalion is if we can do those four things right, then everything else will shake out and we'll, we'll be able to execute mission and then support even beyond that. Uh, because as long as everybody's playing by the same rules, um, we're maintaining standards of discipline. Everybody knows where they stand. Everybody knows where they're going. Um, if we treat everything as an operation, it doesn't become tasks and it, it doesn't become a job. It becomes a mission. It becomes, you know, a uh, their climate and their culture to some extent um, violence of action, because sometimes we just get caught up in what we do every day um, because as the, from the chief of staff army down, we know winning matters. Um, but it also, uh, it, it allows us to focus back on our warfighter skills that sometimes we lose touch and especially in sustainment formations. And then lastly, every soldier counts because without, uh, there is no success without diversity. Um, our soldiers are our number one capital. I know we talk about, you know, they're the only thing we can't get back, and it's absolutely true. Um, but that's not just uh, because they um, have something medically, but it's also the the mental and their commitment to uh, what we're doing. Um, because if soldiers will go only so far for compliance, you know they don't want to get in trouble, they'll do so much, but they'll do so much more if you can get them to commit. And if, if you don't show that to them through um, the fact that they matter and they count, um, you'll never get that commitment out of them.
0: And I've noticed uh, 25th does a lot of stuff within the community there at Wegwan, a lot of uh, interesting events with the surrounding community. How does that fit in with with what you said, sir?
1: So um, one of the things I talk to my leaders about is um, tell our story. Um, So it's one of my um, uh, priorities for my leaders directly. So company commanders and some of the seniors that I rate or senior rate. Um, and we talked through, and I always ask them. I was like, well, so when I say tell our story, what does that mean to you? And then it's usually, you know, project on Facebook, get stories published, this, that, and the other thing. And I, I I go to simple things and it's, it's not just a partnership with our community, but it's just being in our community. I said, how simple, and during COVID, how simple is it for mask wear? And they kind of look at me funny. And I said, so if you were one of your soldiers, it's easy to identify us out in the population, right? And they all agree. I said, okay, so what happens when one of those that can be easily identifiable is not wearing a mask when it's required? And they, they kind of said, well, that's bad. I was like, okay, so are we setting a good um, view of Americans and, and soldiers and, and American forces in general? And they said, no. I said, okay, great. So you're understanding where we're going with this. Now, what happens when a leader walks up and corrects that person and tells them to put their mask on? What, what's the view from our host then? And so... Um, they, they say it's even better. It's like, yeah, because we're policing ourselves instead of just, you know, the, the bad term of the ugly American walking around in a foreign country doing the wrong thing. So um, our partnership goes beyond just going out to soup kitchens or some of that. It's, it's also our partnership and sharing um, the responsibility of protecting uh, the force, but protecting the population here in Korea, as we've gone through uh, the COVID pandemic and continue to go through the COVID pandemic.
0: Yeah, that's excellent. Um, and, and, uh, what what can you tell me about the the we do more framework with, within uh, w- what you do?
1: Um, so I'll lead it off, and I'm I'm sure Massarin has some comments on this as as the the wonderful EOL in the battalion as well. So the idea that we know we do more um, sub campaign of what uh, 19th ESC is trying to do through uh, their strength and diversity c- campaign. Um, we, we know that the Army does a lot. Um, there, there are things. There are programs. There's um, outreach campaigns, things that um, the Army does to help soldiers. But um, we always still have those problems. So the idea is that we need to do more. Um, that's both at the soldier and leader level. And, and so the idea is to, to get that um, – that feel down to the leaders, so those direct leaders of soldiers, those E-5s, E-6s understand that you know they need to do more because we're not doing enough to protect our soldiers. Um, and it's not just for SHARP. It's also for uh, you know strength and diversity, protecting them from extremism. All those things that we preach all the time, um, this is the action side of it. This is how do we set leaders up to be successful, which ultimately will set soldiers up to be successful. Master, do you have anything you want to put on that?
2: Yeah, um, kind of like what the, uh, BC said, we, we like to get ahead of it, but not stick to the same game plan of PowerPoint or a week later PowerPoint. So uh, along with, um, you know, we just did a, a basketball tournament with uh, Sharp. We also uh, work with the local schools, uh, essay contests, um, prizes for those that do, do well. Um, uh, basically trying to make it out think outside the box to where the soldiers are not only learning, but... They can kind of understand and want to conform to doing these certain things um, and you're educating them along the way. So they're not stuck with, oh, OK, we're, we're being reactive and we're elaborating the same PowerPoint thing that I can Google. Um, but uh, I think a lot of the soldiers appreciate it that way, especially when you can come down to their level and um, kind of say, I understand. And we're both headed in the same direction together.
0: You think when the soldiers see the leaders are thinking outside the box, you know, they, they want to be
2: more involved with it? Uh, 100% involved, especially. Um, we we uh uh started up where um we go around and you ask the uh soldiers or questions, or you're taking video of them, uh, and get their ideals on or involvement in certain things. Uh, and they're they're more uh, receptive to wanting to help out and do things when you involve them. Number one, and number two. Yes, when you're looking for other ways to try to engage them when it comes to the SHARP program or the EOL program, 100%. They, uh, You know, it's it's not a uh, copy-paste. It's not a, we have to sit through this long, boring class, and when can I get out of it? It's, okay, what's coming next? Um, now I'm ready to see what, what this organization is uh, willing to do to keep me um, going on the right path of understanding these two programs.
0: And, uh, you, you, mentioned what comes next. So sort of like, how does the predict consistency and predictability help your command?
1: So, uh, the bottom line is soldiers build trust. So if they know what's coming next, and they kind of have an understanding of how the leaders are going to be, then, then it builds trust, but it also builds, um, their commitment into it because they know if they, they do something, they kind of know the reaction. Um, but the other part is, and, and. I would like to elaborate on it, something we do for the strength and diversity, but also how to to help soldiers become adults, because, you know, as as we've had soldiers come into the service over the last year, um, you know, the the bad term thrown out is COVID babies. Right. The, mm-hmm. Their soldiers are coming in. They they didn't experience basic NAIT in, in a way that the Army necessarily wants. Um, but it's because of COVID. Um, and so with that, what we found is that there are a lot of things we just have to do at the unit level. And one of them that we, we initiated was uh, a mentoring program for we do brothers and sisters in arms. So um, the idea is that we have uh, um, senior uh, um, uh, females that sit down with the, the female population and talk through you know, w- being a woman in the Army um, and being just a woman, you know, growing into being an adult. And we do the same thing on the male side. And then we bring them together and have those discussions like dating in the army or, you know, what's what's it look like acting in the barracks? You know, how you know, you have females and males in a room. You know, are are you acting like you're in high school, you know, in your mom and dad's house or, you know, are you acting crazy like it's something off a movie? Um, but it's having those serious and real conversations between soldiers. And really, we're just refereeing as as seniors in the room, um, helping with insight. And I mean, we've gotten into to deep conversations like um, soldiers ask about how do you deal with depression? Mm -hmm. Um, how do you deal with this? And and it's, it's opened up a lot of how we talk to our soldiers and and that's where we got feedback. I don't want a class. I I just want you to talk to me.
0: Yeah. I think that's a, that's a really good point because we, you know, not only are they coming out of basic without maybe the most traditional training environment, but they're coming to Korea someplace, you know, very different from where they'd ever been before. And so, um, and and then another thing, um, can you talk about, sir, the uh, the how you go beyond—you say we do more. How do you go beyond the continuum of harm and the, the 19th ESC uh, sexual harassment, sexual assault? So
1: or, with uh, what Massarm was talking about, it's staying left of the line. Um, and a lot of that is, like I said, leader engagement. But it's also soldiers knowing what that line looks like and understanding what that looks like. It's also traits of people who can be seen as— not caring about the line and not caring how far right of the line they are. So with that, we talk through that a lot is, you know, you see your buddies doing this or you see someone doing this. um, You stop it before there's actually an action. So you see people acting like that. In other words, you know, um, they're having a party in the barracks and starting to see one individual feeding uh, a female drinks or, um, you see someone slip something into a drink or you see someone, you know, one, one individual focusing on another individual too much where it's, it's just becoming a little worrisome. Um, it's empowering the soldiers to know that they, they can stop that. Uh, but the other is is building that uh, personal courage of a soldier to be able to take themselves out of their social standing by stopping one of their buddies before they have a problem, because you know we talk about we win the war when the private will correct the general, and that's absolutely untrue. We win the war when the private will correct the private sitting in the barracks when there's no leaders around, and we get into um, integrity. Uh, because if you you look at uh, MSCK's um, win, you know integrity is is the middle one, but I I see that as the most important because. Um, if we have integrity at the soldier level, um, and we have it at the leader level, and everybody has that integrity, then we don't have to worry about these things because they know what the right is and they execute what the right is.
0: Yeah, I'd never heard it described that way. So the private, <coughs> privates without the leadership there, what happens? You know, that, that's a big question.
1: Well, that's usually where I have our problems when mm. privates when leaders aren't there. So if we can get them committed to to protecting them, their buddies and the people around them, then then we have that.
0: Definitely. And um so uh sir you've been in command for just about a year now mm-hmm. and so um what what has this year been like for you what
1: <laughs> compared to where you were before but, you know most uh and, and I'm pretty sure any leader who's ever talked to me they'd hear a four letter term of jppc but um I'll move on to it, it is it has been 20 years in the making so you know a goal of commissioning mine was battalion command so i I walked in my command and i told every soldier in my command that uh this was my 20-year goal i'm just living through it so you know it's it's all gravy but it has been tremendous um i will tell you that uh i have yet to truly meet a horrible soldier I've, i've met some soldiers who may not have been brought up right and they need some assistance um and and we give that but um by and large um within the 25th Transportation Battalion, the Spearhead Battalion. It, it is full of a bunch of great leaders and soldiers who want to do nothing but uh, do the best for the Army for themselves.
0: And so i um, right. What, what, what are your, some of your reflections of uh, your time at 25th? Um, <clears throat> excuse
2: me. So I would say just watching the organization grow, you know, kind of like what the uh, BC said, when you come into an organization, I was always taught, you know, when you leave, you make it better. Uh, so when you, when I came in, this this is my second time in 25th, actually. And oh, really? so like yeah, yeah. Uh, when I came in, um, and the funny thing about it was I remember when I was, I was a detachment the last time, detachment, sorry, last time, um, and I used to look at my all S3s as like, I would never want that job. Mm. Uh, and here I am. All right. So it, it's, but, you know you take it with the grain of salt and you you see you're not looking for negative things you're not looking for holes but you're looking for uh where you can put that plaster over that hole and repaint it to where it's a new wall right and so uh watching you know the battalion do its first uh field exercise earlier last or late last year and then um coming back this year um you know CPP or CPT or CCPT and KRF and watching all the processes get better and better um I'm I'm actually really really um uh, happy uh, at the results and I'm sure the BC is uh, this this field exercise we just came out of just watching the soldiers and watching leaders be greater than what they think they can be and then starting from that point saying that you know Next time I'm gonna make it better. Next time I'm gonna input this training, and then they go to a whole another duty station, and once again, not looking for negative things or bad things, but seeing that note this isn't right. This is how we should be doing these things, and I have the continuity to prove that. So just watching 25th as a whole get better and um, hoping that it maintains that, uh, uh, I I couldn't ask for anything better. And you know, I'm I'm really proud of the the leaders and the soldiers. Uh, that's under the 25th umbrella.
0: Awesome. Um, anything you, anything we didn't hit that you guys want to talk about? I'm, I'm good, sir. All right. Well, I want to thank both of you for uh, coming on the show. And, again, uh, you can see some of the 25th's missions and soldiers if you go on the 25th Transportation Battalion Facebook page. And don't forget to follow 19th Expeditionary Sustainment Command as well. And subscribe to the Every Soldier Counts podcast We'll talk to you again next time on the Every Soldier Counts podcast.